Hi everyone, Mark Tierney from Race Fuels. With the 2021 Repco Supercars season about to start, we're currently batching BP E85 Racing Fuel. Now you cannot buy a controlled supercar tyre or wheel for your daily drive, and you definitely can't buy a Mustang supercar or a Commodore from your local dealership, but you can buy the fuel that powers the Repco Supercars Championship. Race Fuel's BP E85 Race Blend is available to the public using the best BP Ultimate, batch tested right here in Danny Knox South. It's available in Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, Perth and Auckland. That's enough for me. Enjoy today's episode of the Parked Up Podcast, powered by Race Fuels. Two of the very best operators parked up in the garage. Wow. This has been coming for a long time. These two do not like each other. There are two parts of the story as all red flag. This is a suspended uh, race. It's the Parked Up Podcast. We're powered by Race Fuels. My name's Grant Rowley. We're back for another week. And Tony Dalberto, it seems like Groundhog Day. We were meant to be going racing this weekend. This should have been our Phillip Island TCR S5000 preview. It's just not happening. It's not, unfortunately. Uh, we got the news last week that Victoria going back down to lockdown, which meant that uh, ARG had to swiftly get into action and cancel the Phillip Island event or postpone it, I should say, uh, which is a, you know, it had to happen because uh, you know, we're coming out of lockdown on the Wednesday, apparently, and uh, we're meant to be on track on the Thursday. So it was uh, very, very tight. And uh, probably the only decision that could be made was to postpone it which is a shame because everybody's gearing up to get going. And uh, as a racing driver, you, you start to feel a few nerves and feel a bit anxious before the weekend. And then suddenly it's all off. So uh, back uh, back on the couch for another weekend. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame. Just uh, feels like we've done it all before. But uh, hopefully this one doesn't stick around too long. The news is that a new date for Phillip Island is coming. Could be announced very, very soon. So uh, hold on to your hats for that. But um, do you know Grant, or are you just not telling me? I just, I look, I, I can't confirm anything. I can't. Uh, you, I can't. I've got you too many. Want to get too in many, trouble? Too many fingers in too many pies, and some of those pies are really hot. So I'm just going to keep my fingers out of the pies. Um, <laughs> although the, some of the, the pies are delicious, though, delicious, different flavors. Anyway. We're going, to, we're going to find out soon, and if it all goes to plan, then the result is is pretty good. So stick to your regular news channels to find out there. But um, yeah, I guess it was a, a bit of a shame that that the island event wouldn't go ahead because you know there was a, a lot of work had gone in behind the scenes for not only the second round of the TCRs, S5000, Trans Am, and all of those guys, but it also was going to include the Australian Superbikes and a couple of their support categories as well. Mm, It was an absolute jam-packed weekend of racing. Mm. And to see it all sort of fall to nothing was a real shame, but it it seems like it's, uh, it's going to be resurrected in some way, shape, or form. So again, stand by. Do you think they'll run or try and run alongside the bikes as well this time? We'll, we'll, we'll just wait and see. You just be patient, okay? Just be I can't believe patient. you actually let on there's news coming because generally when I ask you if there's news coming, you're like, no, nah, nothing's happened today. No. Nah. And then <laughs> no, it's gonna ha- an it's- hour later, there'll be a press release <laughs> in my uh, email, some embargo about some massive news that I can't believe you forgot to tell me. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. It's coming soon. And uh, as long as Melbourne behaves itself and anyone who's uh, contracted this damn thing stays uh, 
tucked away tightly in their own bedrooms and lock the wow. door and uh, send them some water every couple of hours, then uh, then I think we're going to be okay. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. A lot of people, a lot of people are down in the dumps saying that this is going to go on for weeks and weeks. And uh, then that would certainly put some other racing in jeopardy as well with the supercars uh, kicking off at Bathurst in only two weeks. Um, so hopefully this lockdown buggers off real quick and uh, we don't have to postpone some of those events too. Yeah, of course. And the supercars uh, haven't been immune to the issues that have come with this lockdown, the Melbourne lockdown, the, the Winton test was meant to happen on Tuesday today as this podcast goes out, but that's been delayed until Friday. So assuming that the state can get itself up and going, then get it that, test, that test will go ahead and there should be no issues with the very first mm. Mount Panorama 500 for supercars going ahead uh, on February 27 and 28. So that'll be exciting to get back up to Bathurst and kick off the Supercars Championship. Speaking of supercars, we've got an awesome guest coming up real soon. Her name is Jess Yates. She is the host of the Supercars broadcast for Foxtel and uh, has really become the uh, one of the faces of the of the broadcast over the past few years. So she's a uh, an absolute ripper and looking forward to chatting to her. And we've also got your mate, Timmy Brook, coming on. Tim, of course, is a former uh, Toyota 86 competitor and this year stepped up champion. to the, the champion. Trans Am. There you go. He's the, the champion and former champion. Now he's driving Trans Ams. I'll tell you what, he's one of the top three people who get name checked in this podcast. <laughs> so it's about time that we uh, gave him a little bit of airtime to talk about all things uh, Trans Am racing. Uh, of course, he's uh, in with the wall racing crew, just like your TCR Honda program. So uh, no doubt you guys will have a little bit to chat about. We're going to have a few little in-jokes, I reckon, ones that you will have no idea about. Cool. Well, you do realize there are other people who listen to this podcast, so we may need to uh, just, yeah, at least give a little bit of background. Okay. Okay. I tell you what, I reckon you've spent all our uh, race fuels budget on these two guests today. It's yeah. Well, no, I mean, like nothing's for free. And after I pay you to do the show, then, mm. you know, there's not much left anyway, but uh, they don't come any bigger than Jess Yates and Tim Brook. They're an absolute class act for episode 45 of the parked up podcast. We're powered by race fuels. And this is the perfect time to bowl straight into the news. news on the parked up podcast is as always brought to us by motorsportwebsites.com.au tony we've seen a heap more liveries in the supercars championship unveiled the two in particular that i want to talk about are team 18's Irwin and dewalt the one dropped on sunday one dropped on monday which one is your pick I like both. They Team 18 do a bloody good job of their liveries. Very professional. They've got very good brands on the car. So um, a lot of recognizable brands. Um, probably the DeWalt car I like a little bit more. I just think it looks really tough. But the Irwin car looks good. The, the, we're having Bunnings on the rear quarter, I think, compromise the livery just a little bit because they're going to have the green. Um, Ooh, blue and green yeah, should never be uh, seen. Well, there is a color in between, though. You've got the white. <laughs> That's right. That's <laughs> now, right. They've done a nice job to actually... Yeah, put it all together, but it is a bit of a challenge when you got yeah that mix. But um, both cars look top notch. They're professional. Um, Charlie does a very good job of the presentation of that team. And uh, those guys had a really good season last year. 
and they should have confidence going into this year. I actually brought up the blue and green thing with Charlie during the week. And uh, just like yourself, he'd, he'd said that he's got the, the white strip there. But I tell you, you would compromise having uh, clashing colors like that just to have a brand like mm. Bunnings involved. Like it's, yeah, top five branded in the Australian trade and retail sector. So um, oh, to have them involved in supercars at, at this level and at, mm. at, at increased level, because of course we see the Bunnings trade brand throughout the broadcast and as part of the supercars on track signage. So, you know, they've got their deal with supercars, but to see them take even more presence on mm. one of the teams is, is great news. It certainly is, especially in this climate. I mean, most sponsors are pulling back and uh, trying to reduce their signage on race cars, but yeah, very good to see the brands that Charlie's able to attract to the team. And uh, there's obviously a reason for that. You know, he's very good with his commercial partners and uh, we've seen that over many years. So best of luck to those boys. They're certainly going to be red hot to go in, in a couple of weeks time in Bathurst. Now, in other news, Tickford has just confirmed its endurance drivers for next year. They're keeping James Moffat in the stable. They've got Alex Premer, who's confirmed he's going to come back. Of course, he missed out. Last time he raced, he won the damn thing with Scott McLaughlin with the Shell V-Power team in 2019, but wasn't able to come out for last year's race with all of the international travel restrictions and and the like. So it'll be good to have the Frenchman back and uh, Thomas Randall, who uh, was previously confirmed. So pretty strong lineup for Tickford. No confirmation about who goes where, but after James Moffat had an unbelievable 2020 uh, enduro stint with uh, Jack LeBrock last year. I reckon he's primed to uh, to slot in alongside uh, Cameron Waters, which is yeah the most likely to challenge those Red Bull guys at the at the front of the field. Is this the year the name Moffat returns to the top step of the Bathurst podium? I doubt that because it'll be Delberto. <laughs> I've got to get a seat first, but right. you know, I've got to confirm a seat. Um, but no, you're right. That that seat, um, Cameron Waters' seat, is is the one to have in that stable. And you know, just going off last year's form, and I think James is definitely in the box seat to grab that because he did a fantastic job at the Bathurst 1000 last year. If you remember, Jack LeBrock was actually crook on the day and James had to take over and and basically fill the main main seat. So he did majority of the race, but his pace was just as good as anybody anybody else. And that's pretty impressive considering we all sat on the sidelines as co-drivers for most of last year. Great to see Alex Premat back. Obviously, I've spent a lot of years with him at uh, DJR Team Penske. He's a great guy, uh, funny guy. So um, that that's great that he's come back and and... Tickford have actually given him that opportunity because I thought maybe that might be the end of his stint here in supercars, um, just with, you know, the travel and COVID and all those you know things that might restrict him, but great to see him back. And obviously Thomas Randall, we know how good he is. And um, I think he's going to be one of the top co-drivers, no doubt about that. And uh, he's got a big future at Tickford as well. So the supercars were actually on track recently with some testing at Queensland Raceway. Zane Goddard for Matchstone Racing was the fastest. Anton Di Pasquale in the number 100 DJR car. It was a bit odd to see 100 on the window of, of those things, but he was second only marginally behind Goddard. But the mm. team who logged the most laps was Red Bull. I think they almost wore out their cars. They, they clocked up 300 laps between them, which was about... 
yeah, a third more than what the other two car teams were trucking out. So mm. the Red Bull guys have obviously had a program that they were working to on that day. And yeah, they weren't the fastest, but um, I, you know, testing is testing. And we know that they're going to get to Mount Panorama and, and all of the other circuits. Absolutely good to go. Yeah, I don't think it was a form guide from the test day looking at the timesheets. The times were set very early in the day and apparently the track went away big time later in the day. So it got a bit hot and which meant the lap times went slower. So great for Matt Stone Racing to have their two guys in the top three there and, and for Zane to top the, the day. That gives him a lot of confidence. And, you know, to be honest, the lap times they were doing very, very good. So uh, you can't really take it away from him. Probably a little bit of a surprise. You know, he'd probably say that too. But hey, he might be a surprise packet this year and find himself uh, punching above his weight up the front of the field. But yeah, I think just with the conditions changing, it didn't really give a form guide um, for the Queensland-based team. But I'm really interested to see um, how the Victorian test day goes later this week. If it does go, Grant, mm. if we get out of this bloody lockdown. Because it, it, it almost looks strange. There's only a handful of cars on track up at Queensland. And, um, you know, we're so used to seeing that opening test day of the year with everybody there, um, everybody showing off their new pyjamas and helmets and, and all that sort of stuff. But it seemed pretty low key at Queensland Raceway. So we'll see, Grant. Looking we'll forward see. to it, though. Yep, can't wait. Should be good. Now, in some of the off-track news, there's been a bit of a shake-up in the commentary lineup. Tony, we've got Jess Yates coming up real soon on the Parked Up podcast, powered by Race Fuels, which will be great. For the people she'll get to work with in 2021, it's going to be slightly different. Garth Tander is the big mover. He's the new big player in the supercars commentary world. Garth joins regular faces, Mark Scaife, Neil Crompton, Jess Yates, of course, uh, Mark Larkham. Uh, he was out, but he's in. But there's been a few people who have been, oh, Craig Lowndes as well, can't forget uh, Lancey. Um, but there's been a few people who have been axed in Andy Jones, Matt Nolte and Rihanna Cran, which was confirmed some time ago. And Murph is the other one. Uh, the only confirmation for poor old Murph stuck over there in New Zealand is that he'll be uh, coming over for the Bathurst 1000 and the New Zealand round if that goes ahead. So, look, it's it's still a pretty robust lineup of, of commentators mm. for for the championship, which, uh, which I think is great. Look, I don't think um, the actual commentary team itself has you know, lost any talent, so to speak, because they've picked up, um, you know, guys like Garth, which I think is fantastic. You know, he's going to offer the audience a, a different perspective on things. Um, but it is a little bit of a shame. You know, I reckon Annie Jones does a great job, Matt Nolte as well. And, you know, Rihanna was, uh, had a little niche there as well uh, as a pit lane reporter. So it is a little bit different. But uh, I don't think I think the people that have bolstered the the uh, commentary team up will um, you know make it just as strong. So it'll be interesting to see how you know Garth does adapt to a to a new environment. He has been doing quite a bit of commentary though. Uh, we saw him on our you know TCR and uh, <laughs> our online racing. He, he did a bit of commentary there as well. He was the best uh, of the bunch, I reckon. Yeah, he wasn't too bad, but much better than you. That is for sure. You got sacked after the first event. That's Even right. I lasted longer than you. Well, that's my level though. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, let's not revisit that. But yeah, it is a good commentary team. I think Murph though, Murph would be great to hold on to and, and have part of the as part of the team going forward. You know, I think if he can get himself over to Australia more regularly, I think they should put him in the in the team. Yep. 
And and I guess uh, adding to that, we've also got new free-to-air broadcaster, the Seven Network, coming in, and they've got five faces who are going to be at the Mount Panorama 500, and that will be uh, Mark Beretta, Abby Jelmy, uh, Brad Hodge, former cricketer, uh, as well as Molly Taylor. Um, Sounds like TCR. It is TCR, True. and Jack Perkins will be there as well. Jack Perkins, of course, will be part of the ARG Seven coverage during the year he was scheduled to be at Phillip Island but of course that event has been postponed at this point so uh, they've gone with a real um, sort of the, the same faces that you saw on the ARG broadcast as part of as part of theirs so I don't know I just personally if if I'm at home for a supercars race and it's also on free to air I'm of course I'm watching the Fox Sports coverage because you know it's, it's all so there good. and it's on all the time in every support race and and it's awesome. But yeah, I think for Seven's market with a couple of those, yeah, more mainstream personalities, I think that will be a, uh, a nice mix for, for where they want to position their supercars commitment. I think it's good, you know, like you see now on the morning news, you know, Brett's will talk about supercars, talk about TCR, you know, he's trying to, um, you know, gain a bit of interest for, you know, the average Joe that might not really follow it, you know, and, and that might, uh, interest them and get them to turn on the TV and, and uh, you know, watch a bit of racing and, and we might gain some more fans in doing that. So I think having channel seven behind it this year is, is going to be massive. And um, we've got some great personalities to really pump it up. And uh, not that it really does need pumping up, like the racing doesn't get much better than what we have here in Australia. Um, but we just need a few more people to tune into it. Okay, well, that's the news. The news brought to us by motorsportwebsites.com.au, the Parked Up podcast powered by Race Fuels. We've got Tim Brooke of Trans Am fame coming up a little bit later on, but right now it's Jess Yates. She's part of the Fox Sports on-air commentary team for the supercars. She is back again for 2021. She's got some news in her own world as she is currently heavily pregnant coming up to baby number two so let's check in with jess she's on parked up we're powered by race fuels and it's great to welcome jess yates onto the parked up podcast jess thanks for joining us hi guys great to be here thanks for having me so uh, the supercar season is right on the edge of coming back to life and we can't wait to get to mount panorama for the new 500k race there the new adelaide but it will be without yourself of course you're heavily pregnant and you'll you'll miss the uh, very start of the year how's everything going who told you that because i will be there i will oh. clear that up oh no there's been a bit of fake news circulating oh no i would not awesome. miss the mount panorama 500 for anything so don't you worry i will be there at bathurst for the season opener and i'll be there at sandown for the second event at this stage <laughs> I'll probably be missing Tasmania and Tail and Bend, and then I'm hoping to be back for Winton. So at this stage, I'll be there. Don't you worry. I'm, there's no way I would miss the season opener. <laughs> okay, there we go. That is good. That is good because there has been some um, media reports circling that you were going to miss the start of the year, but I'm glad you've uh, <laughs> been able to clear that up. So you do in April. So you expect that you only miss a, a couple of those events, which is which is great. Yeah, so I'm actually due on the weekend of the Tasmanian event. So unless we're actually doing the telecast 
out of Sydney. And look, with the way things have been going and particularly the way they panned out last year, who knows? Mm. Um, so I'll be ready to go just in case. But yeah, I will have to be at home on the ready for this baby to arrive. Um, but I, I've had a couple of weeks off over Christmas and New Year, so I'm feeling really refreshed. And I actually can't wait to get supercar season back underway. Can you believe we've been waiting for that to happen since October? It feels like forever <laughs> ago um, that we wrapped it all up after what was a pretty trying year for everybody. So I'm really looking forward. And I think I can speak on behalf of the entire paddock when I say everyone can't wait to go racing again. Now, Jess, you've got a little girl, Isabella, and uh, you're going to have another, you're going to have a boy. Is that right? That's right, little boy. Little yeah. boy. So you've got one of each. Now, I've got two boys. Okay. Grant's got two girls. And you've done what we couldn't do. Yes, you've done what we, uh, we couldn't do. And I and I must admit, when we found out that we were having a, another boy for our, our second child, my wife was pretty upset. You know, she really, really wanted a girl, wanted one of each, but you've managed to do that. You're looking forward to having a boy in the house? We really are. I thought we'd have girls because... Don't they say all elite athletes just have girls? And my well, maybe I'm not right. very elite. That I must right. be very elite. <laughs> well, my husband's a retired professional surfer, so he just assumed that we would just be having girls. And so when I told him, because my daughter really wanted to find out um, what we were having, and when I said to him, well, we're having a little boy, he didn't believe me. He said, no, we're not. I said, no, we are. I just got off the phone to the lady. She just told me. And he said, but that can't be right. And I said, well, why not? Because I'm an elite athlete. We have girls. I said, well, honey, I guess you're not so elite anymore. <laughs> but we're pretty excited to have a little boy. I mean, really, I'm sure whilst your wife might have been a little bit disappointed not to be having a girl, she wouldn't give back her little boy for anything. No. Well, it doesn't matter. No, no, you know what it means? It means she wants to have a, wants to try again for another one. Oh, another, well, you risk having, having another boy. So I don't know if we want to take that risk. It's a 50 <laughs> No, but we're, we're super excited. And yeah, like I said, I'm, I would just want to get on with the year. I'm being thrilled when he's here and I'll be carting him around to every racetrack in Australia for the rest of the season. Um, so you'll all get to meet him at some point, which will be cool. Excellent. Now, this year's championship is looking a little bit different. We've got a few drivers, well, one in particular, Scott McLaughlin, that's not going to be with us. Um, it's going to have a bit of a different feel. I want to get your tips for who's going to be our new champion? Oh, it's so hard to say at the beginning of the season, isn't it? I'm excited because I, I feel like it's wide open. The number of storylines that are kind of evolving as a consequence of all the changes up and down the pit lane are pretty exciting. And I feel like we sort of haven't had that narrative mm. for the last couple of years. We've kind of known, you know, who the players are going to be when we enter into a season. But considering that there's a whole new lineup of DJR, there's no Penske. Yep involved that's a really interesting um, prospect I think and I'm, I'm excited to see what Anton Di Pasquale can do I think he had a, a breakout season last year and really sort of found his feet and I think with the right team behind him and a big opportunity to really step it up um, that's going to hold him in good stead and we know that that car was fast last year there's no reason mm. why they won't be that fast again this year so I've got my eye on him for sure I think the stability at um, Red Bull will serve them well, though there have been some big engineering changes there. Um, Grant McPherson heading off to Walkinshaw and Dread United, which is pretty cool mm. for him. And I'm excited to see you know, how he goes with that team. Um, two 
obviously really experienced drivers there in Chas Mostert and Bryce Forward, who I thought did a really good job last year, and he'll need to take it up another step this year. So I'm putting Chazzy in there absolutely as a contender for the championship, along with Cameron Waters, who mm. I think took another step forward in his driving last year and, of course, having that stability for him. Um, Do you think... Racing will be hold him in good stead too. Do you think... The GOAT, Jamie Winkup, can get one more championship before he retires. It, that Was that a shock to you? I mean, it was definitely a shock to me that he he's uh, hanging up his full-time boots at the end of this year. Yeah, for sure it was a shock because I think he could just keep driving forever, wouldn't he? I mean, he's just, he is the GOAT. He's yep. unbelievable. Um, but knowing that he had taken up an interest in Triple Eight Race Engineering and that that was sort of what was in the pipeline for him in the future. I'm probably not so surprised that that opportunity has obviously presented itself earlier than we all thought it would. Mm. And he's seen that as the smart move to make. And I can understand too how exhausting it must be for someone like him who's so committed, you know, Mm. to drive at that level, to be as fit as he is, and also to have all the other interests that he does. Yeah. I can see how at some point you must be so burnt out by all of that. So I think, you know, it's exciting for him. How the farewell tour goes this year is going to be really interesting and 100% he can win the championship. And, mm. I mean, he deserves the fairy tale finish, doesn't he? Absolutely. And he will, knowing Jamie. Absolutely. Knowing Jamie, he will. <laughs> and, I mean, he's so motivated. You don't – he doesn't need any extra motivation, but you'd have to think, you know, he'll be contemplating – this is the last time I'll ever do this. And so I want to make it count. And I think, you know, his level of professionalism and the way he applies himself to his craft, but also all the stuff he does behind the scenes will just go to that next level. So I think it'll be really impressive to watch, but there'll be plenty of other people who want to spoil it for him. Um, And I think that's what makes this championship this year so exciting because there are plenty of people that could knock him off, particularly his teammate, Shane, who, you know, unbathist. So he is the form driver coming into the new season. Um, You know, I think the battle between the teammates this year is going to be really interesting. Many storylines to play out and we can't wait for it to to kick back off. One of the storylines that played out, over the off season um, was in your world, in the, in the commentary lineup world, Mark Larkham stole most of the lion's share of the media attention and the social media <laughs> attention with, um, with the uh, bring back Larko campaign after he was out and, and he was in, which, which is awesome. Well, certainly as race fans, we, uh, we, we love having Larko there. So I'm, I'm sure you'll agree that it's, it's great that, that he'll be back. There's been a couple of other changes within the broadcast lineup as well. Uh, what's your take on those who you'll be working with in 2021? So, you know, they're saying that the whole Larco thing is just a publicity stunt from Larco. (laughs) (laughs) I am so thrilled that Larco is part of the team. He is the backbone of our commentary team. He is the best bloke. We are great mates and he offers our audience and everybody in the pit lane just that little bit extra. He's so unique. No one can do what Larco does. So I'm really grateful that he'll be on the team this year and be able to give our audience, you know, the insight that they deserve because he can just explain things. I mean, let's face it, motorsport is a wildly technical sport and for us mere mortals who've never done what any of those other blokes have done, 
it's impossible to understand how, why and when. And he just has this innate way of breaking it down and making it really simple and really entertaining. And that is so vital to what we do in our TV broadcast. Um, and, you know, it's always hard when there's this period of transition with broadcasters. You know, we lived it six years ago when Channel 10 came back on board and now obviously Channel 7 are the free-to-air partner for Supercast. Nothing really changes for us at Fox Sports. Um, Mark Scaife will be there. Um, I'll have my whistle out trying to keep him in line all year. It's no need Good to luck. tell you. Thank God for Neil Crompton. He's my sanity. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Lounsey will be there. Garth Tander's on board, which is great. I think he's going to offer us another um, really great insight um, and a fresh set of ideas, which is always great. Chad Nalen will be down in the pit lane. Uh, we see him running around in the support categories, but he'll have a bit more to do with supercars this year. Uh, which is fantastic. So I think, you know, it's a really great team of people who love what they do and have a good time doing it. And I think that's what translates for everybody watching at home. I don't know. What do you guys think? Grant, what do you think, mate? Well, I think it's, I think it's awesome. Like uh, Neil <laughs> Crompton, honestly, I love him. Like he's the, he's the best. He he's uh, articulates the sport so well. And uh, he's the, the, you know, biggest asset that the that the broadcast has and yes Scafi is uh maybe all of those things that you just said there just, you know sometimes he might sound like a uh, he's been an absolute pain but he knows it so well and he's so respected and he's been there and done that above more than anybody else uh in the game so um you know he's the I don't know. We, we call Jamie Wink up the goat and I know he's won more titles, but Mark Scaife honestly is like the, uh, the, the ultimate goat of, uh, of our sport. So, so having him there and yeah, as you talked about Larko, if he's not uh, being so perfect with his uh, explanation of the technical stuff for the uh, average person, then he's also um, taking the mick and throwing toy snakes around or, um, you know, doing, uh, doing absolutely crazy things, which uh, just, yeah, humanize the uh, himself and, and, and the game. So uh, I, 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 loved, I think it's a good balance. I loved when he did the little segments when we were doing the online racing, he's doing those uh, little segments with his son and stuff that I thought was just so clever the way he put all that together. And um, it was really entertaining. Yeah. I think it's a good balance. You know, you've got Scafe and Crompton who, you know, if you're really into racing, you, you can understand what they're on about, but not all of our audience are. So I think that's where Larco and, and uh, yourself as well, you know, you bring a different element to it. So I think it's going to be a really strong commentary team. And uh, you're certainly going to have your work cut out for you this year because I don't think, like you said, there's going to be a clear winner. I think it's going to be, you know, very up and down and we're going to see some new faces on the podium too. And particularly given the formats, that we'll have throughout the season. You know, we'll have some more night racing, um, Sydney Motorsport Park this year. I think it lends itself to really a diverse range, as you say, of winners and losers. And I think probably one of the most intriguing questions for me as we head into the season is around qualifying. Scott McLaughlin has dominated qualifying for the last four or five years. So who steps up in mm. his place? I mean, there, there's a real opportunity for someone to make a name for themselves. I think in that regard, and we know Jamie's always been a great qualifier, but Scott's absolutely had him these mm. last few years. So, uh, yeah, I, I think there's just so many great questions that are hanging in the air at this point, which makes it super exciting. Um, and there's going to be something for everyone right throughout the season. 
Um, now, Jess, I thought I'd, uh, we, we won't keep you too much longer and we thank you very much for joining us on Parked Up, but you've, uh, you've done a lot of broadcasting. You've worked at the Fox Sports Network now for 15 years. You've done rugby league, cricket, Kind of, you must have still been in school back then. <laughs> I'm part of the furniture. <laughs> um, but Long like time. we, we always talk about, um, how much of a tight knit family the, the supercars is, you know, within the paddock. But where does Supercars sort of fit against those other sports in terms of the atmosphere behind the scenes? I get asked this question a lot, what's your favourite? And it's like trying to pick your favourite kid. I mean, each <laughs> and every sport that I work on is fantastic for different reasons. But I think the thing about Supercars that has kept me coming back for more and um, has really ignited a passion in me is how sensory it is. You know, when you go to a racetrack, and you can feel the vibrations of a supercar through your feet. You can, you know, smell them. You can hear them. It's addictive. It's absolutely intoxicating. Um, and so as a broadcaster, it's actually really hard to replicate that anywhere else. You liken it to standing in a stadium with 30,000 roaring fans. And so, you know, you go to the footy on a Saturday night at... Brookvale Oval and it's 12 degrees and there's you know 11 people there it's not quite the same it's a bit hard to sort of go oh okay here we are let's get up for this but it doesn't matter whether there's I mean and I found that last year of the events that we could actually go to the track it didn't matter there was no one there because the supercars are the show themselves you know and yeah. I think it's about personalities too you know you get to know people you get to know their story. You get to know what makes them so extraordinary. And that's the really cool thing about what I get to do. You know, my job is to unmask these characters and really give everybody an insight into who they are and what makes them so great. And I've had, you know, the great fortune of being able to do that across a number of codes. Um, and Supercars has been a real highlight for me because everyone involved loves what they do. And that can't be said for every single, you know, sporting code that I've worked across. Um, and it's, you know, it's such a, a small snapshot because they're really, you know, in our sport, there isn't a great deal of players, um, but there's a big enough family that, you know, what's nice too is the camaraderie that we share. And I really saw that last year, particularly for those teams that are on the road for such a long amount of time. Everyone really banded together and helped out and we kept showing the road somehow, despite all odds, against mm. all odds, mm. um, yeah, so I, I think that's what I love most about it, just being there in the way that it just completely takes over everything. It's There's nothing else quite like it. Now, Jess, one last little question or scenario I'm going to put to you uh, before we get going. You're going to be at the track that we've just learned that you're going to be there the early rounds. Yep. What happens if you know, the baby wants to come a little bit earlier? Going to labour. <laughs> going to labour during... Uh, a race, are you going to get Scaifey and Crompton to help out or, you know, commentate? No chance. <laughs> I will be in the car so fast. Or actually, Uncle Neil, as you would know, is a pilot. Yeah, and there you go. Plane, and so he'll often fly himself to whatever round. So there's a good chance that he's going to have the plane on standby. So should anything go down, I'll be straight in the plane. So if you don't hear from Neil or myself, you know that. You know what's happened. I'm back to Sydney and he's dropping me off at the hospital. 
my daughter was late arriving. I have no doubt in my mind that this baby will be late arriving too. So I don't think there's any chance that's going to happen. But now I've said that, you watch, something will happen. Well, you <laughs> never know. You never know. We, we, our babies came really quickly, like very fast, even our first one. So uh, I had a couple of race meetings around um, the due dates and I had to stay home because I wouldn't get back in time. Um, yeah. so anyway, fingers crossed, you don't have any, any of that going on and definitely keep that, uh, Learjet that Crompto, <laughs> Crompton owns, uh, on standby and all fueled up. That's right. He's on, he's on call. Yeah, no, look, I'm, I'm confident that, I, you know, it'll all be okay. And, um, I'm really looking forward to getting back to work and seeing everybody again and getting stuck into the season because we've been waiting a while as i said october it feels yeah. like forever ago so yeah yeah it's gonna be good it has been some time now just let me just put this uh let me just pose this to you let's uh let's take neil's learjet out of it and you got <laughs> to choose one of your commentary mates to uh, get you to the hospital as fast as possible you've got a good selection there's a couple of guys who know how to wheel a motor vehicle which is the one that you feel will get you there the fastest and the safest a good it's a good point i've probably a got question. a piece of what is it mark scaife craig lowndes garth tander garth. Ooh, I maybe don't know. not chad no <laughs> nah, not chad <laughs> hey he's pretty know. light i know he's uh he's confident behind the wheel of a go-kart but um <laughs> you do have some other ones who have got a couple more bathurst wins than chad <laughs> i don't know who would you pick wow um you'd want to get there safely so uh that rules out larko um, you'd want to get there quickly, so that rules out Cromp Crompton. So I'd be taking Scafey or uh or Garth. Or Garth. They'd be yeah. my picks. Yeah, I reckon. There you go. <laughs> I have, I have, yeah, I have had the pleasure of uh, a few hot laps with Mark Scafe around various cities in Australia <laughs> and on the mountain, and he's yeah, he, he goes all right. So I suppose Scafey would probably get the call up, wouldn't he? There you go. You've My got husband it. Kill him if anything happens. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Hey, Jess, thank you very much for having some fun with us on Parked Up today. We're looking forward to seeing you at Mount Panorama for round one, and we wish you all the best for all the other things that are going on in your world. My pleasure. Great to catch up with you guys. Love the show. Have a great year, and I'll see you trackside. Thank you so much, Jess. Great to catch up with Jess there. And Grant, she set the record straight. She's going to be at the first two rounds come hell or high water with that baby on board. I like it. That's good. Uh, and it's certainly put me in my place. But um, really, I was just figuring that some of our motorsport media types were, were right. on the money, knowing that, that they, everyone was just reporting that she wasn't going to be at that first round. But don't believe everything you read, Tony. Clearly not. And they got that one wrong, but the, she set the record straight. Now I want to tell you a little story, Grant, uh, about Steph, my wife. She was heavily pregnant uh, coming into the Melbourne Cup. Now Steph, uh, in her role at the big group, um, actually looks after Lexus Marquis at the Melbourne Cup. And uh, the year that Huey was born, she was heavily pregnant on the lead up. So she's wobbling around trying to uh, put this uh, Marquis together. And she's got serious FOMO, Steph, massive FOMO. So when she got an invitation to go to the cup, she's like, yep, I am going. I'm definitely going. And little Huey was about two or three weeks away before 
coming out. So she, you can imagine how heavily pregnant she was. No, and she was not only was she heavily pregnant, but she was with the greatest respect, really big pregnant for your second. Yeah. She was big pregnant. Like there was Red no heart. no hiding the fact that she was pregnant because she she was right out there. You're absolutely right. But w- like when we went to the cup, I think people around us were more worried that there's a pregnant lady here at the Melbourne Cup and um, she could be giving birth absolutely any second. And I said to Steph before we went there, I said, do you really want to be on the news tonight? You know, being that person that gave birth at the Melbourne Cup and stopped the biggest horse race of the year. And she didn't care. She's like, yeah, I'm going. So (laughs) there's photos of us and uh, she wore this stretchy dress and her belly is absolutely massive. Yeah. Uh, But we made it through. The baby didn't come. But uh, that's why I wanted to throw it in there. You know, if if Jess does, you know, want to pop that baby out, who who's going to uh, help her out for one? And uh, will she let Crompo or uh, Scapey commentate the the birth? <laughs> oh dear, I could. Uh, there's lots of lines that we could um, that we could roll into that. But um, as long as uh, Crompo wasn't pulling out, uh, oh, it looks like she's bowled a wide here. Then um, <laughs> then I think everything would be uh would be going okay all right uh let's let's move on hey we always talk about tim brooke now tim brooke is one of your mates uh he currently drives in the same team as yourself at wall racing you race the tcr honda he races the uh, wall racing trans am car mustang he made his debut in that class down at Simmons Plains, as I believe you guys shared uh, some accommodation. There's a few tales mm. to tell here. Let's get him on the line. It's Tim Brook, our Trans Am ace on the Parked Up podcast. And it's great to welcome Tim Brook onto the Parked Up podcast, our very first Trans Am entrant onto the uh, Parked Up podcast. Tim, it's great to talk to you. Yeah, thanks, Grant. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Now, we're supposed to be racing this week down at Phillip Island, and unfortunately, our uh, good friend Rona has come back to uh, to see us down here in Melbourne. So, no racing at Phillip Island, which is a real shame because the Trans Am cars would have been fantastic to to see down there. There's 24 cars in the, on the entry list. It, it was set to be a really great weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, obviously, very disappointed. Uh, you, you work hard in the, in the lead up and you're all ready to go and you're getting all excited and uh, actually left the, the war racing workshop. Literally got home about an hour later and sitting on the lounge and, and received an email saying that uh, everything's been postponed. So yeah, pretty gutted, but uh, it's part of life at the moment with, with everything that's happening with this virus. So we either adapt to it or, uh, or it's going to be uh, even more difficult, I suppose, than it, than it really needs to be. But uh, yeah, hopefully it'll get postponed later in the year and, uh, and we'll still get to, uh, to experience Phillip Island. I think they, they would have been a fantastic car to uh, to race around there, that's for sure. Now, talking about fantastic circuits in Australian history, you, our listeners won't actually know this, but you you are the mayor of Oran Park <laughs> and you were actually the guy that bought the land because you wanted to build a house on that land. So any of our listeners that used to love Oran Park, this is your guy that tore down the track now, all jokes aside, you do live at Oran Park, though, don't you? Well, I do live at Oran Park, but uh, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't think it was me that uh, that solely brought the uh, brought the circuit to an end. I don't think they were worried too much about myself. 
do you reckon your house would be on the main straight or would it be like turn one or on the bridge? What do you reckon? <laughs> You'd probably like to tell the listeners that it'd be big enough to, to maybe take up the whole circuit. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> we're actually, we're actually not, uh, not on the track to the best of our knowledge. We're a little bit off to the, uh, off to the side. In, in one of the tie walls, probably that uh, you might have visited uh, from time probably to time. Probably did, probably did. <laughs> probably probably that, did. That, was, that was a great circuit. Um, now, Trans Am this year. Obviously, you spent a little bit of time with wall racing in the Honda TCR car. Uh, you did the round at Winton. Uh, that was your first experience of TCR, and also with wall racing. But you're back this year. Trans Am is new for David Wall and the team there. Um, but you're sort of doing a lot of the prep work yourself. So tell us a little bit about what goes into a weekend, uh, knowing that you're doing a lot of the work on the car and, uh, and you're working closely with Wally. Yeah, like I, I guess for, for my background in, in other categories that I've uh, taken part in, I've always been fairly hands-on. Um, I, I do enjoy that side of things, um, to be perfectly fair. Sometimes I probably struggle with the transition of, uh, of kind of prep work, mechanical uh, kind of work to, to, to race car driver on the weekends. But yeah, there's obviously a lot of, of um, I suppose, input that goes in, especially in the lead up, you know, in the, in the workshop, just trying to organise everything to, to make sure that we have all the, all the gear there that we need to turn the car around, um, repair a little bit of damage from Simmons planes, for instance, before PI and, and obviously just the logistics, uh, I, I suppose, of making it all happen, trying to, trying to look after the crew, make sure that uh, accommodations books, flights booked. Um, I can probably take ownership that I do all of that. Of course, you know my wife Beck. Uh, you know she wouldn't <laughs> she wouldn't organise any of that. So <laughs> just wait till wait till she listens in on this. You're I'll so brave. So I know, brave. I know. But uh, yeah, obviously she does um, take a little bit of that load off from uh, from from my workload as such, and organise those bits and pieces <laughs> as we uh, as we lead into the race weekend. Now let's talk a little bit about Simmons planes because you hadn't done a lot, done a lot of laps in the car prior to the race. Um, had a few little mechanical dramas that sort of held you back early in the weekend, but race two coming from the rear of the grid pit lane, I think, is that right? Pit lane. Yeah, start pit lane. Starting from pit lane uh, and storming back through to P5. Is that right? P6. 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 There P6. you go. Yeah. So that was an unbelievable drive when the car was actually running right. You were setting one, you know, basically the fastest laps on, on the track. So you've obviously adapted to the cars quickly. Is there anything from a driving style point of view that you've had to change coming from the 86s? Because you spent a lot of seasons in the 86 championship, obviously wrapping up the championship there. And yet those cars are sort of fairly unique as well. So talk us through the transition to Trans Am. Yeah, like it's obviously been a big transition, to be honest. And and I, I suppose, just like you mentioned, I, I didn't do a huge amount of running prior to getting to Simmons and and was quite open in saying that I felt very underdone going to uh, going to Simmons Plains for the first round. Would have would have loved the opportunity to do a few more laps, but uh, that's the way it works out sometimes. And we turned up there, and 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 yeah, to be fair, I was quite shocked with our pace towards the end of the weekend, as uh, as probably were were a few others. We started off quite well, having never been to Simmons Plains before. Our pace in the first session was uh, was looking quite optimistic that we were going to be on for a good weekend and then yeah had had quite a few dramas which which is all part and parcel of a a new car and category and and, and just trying to I suppose diagnose those issues becomes more difficult when you don't know the, the vehicle as well as maybe previous categories we've been in but the crew certainly uh, certainly spent a lot of time learning about the car and they they know it from uh, 
inside out, upside down uh, after uh, after a few of the dramas that we did uh, that we did have. But differences compared to 86s, I'd say it's probably three to four times more power. Um, so trying to get drive out of corners is, uh, you know, it's not just on and off like a light switch as the 86 might have been sometimes. So you're sort of just squeezing it down to get the uh, get the drive, left-hand drive, four-speed dog box, gearbox as such. So remembering to change gears in my right hand um, as, a, as opposed to the left in the 86. They're a big car. You know, your, your references are, are obviously a little bit skewed from, from where the 86 has been in the, in the past, uh, but probably the biggest thing, I suppose, is the braking. Um, if you talk to anybody in Trans Am, I think that's that's um, potentially where there is a lot of time to be found, I guess, in, in generating a, in a lap time. No ABS compared to what I've driven in the past there, and uh, obviously a lot more approach speed. So your braking zones are a lot bigger. Trying not to to get any rear locking um, or that kind of wheel hop that they kind of that they do tend to get. So. Yeah, a bit to get your head around, but uh, going to enjoy that challenge for the rest of the year, that's for sure. Now, to, uh, tell us a little bit about what you feel the future is for the Trans Am class. At the moment, it's it's very much a uh, a case of the pros and the AMs, and, and um, we'd certainly put you in that pro category for driver skill, I guess. But, you know, now with with one round under your belt and you've got a good opportunity to sort of see what the cars are like, see what the category's like, what do you feel the, the future is for this class? Or where does it fit into the landscape of Australian motorsport classes? Yeah, like I, I feel like it has a lot of potential, to be perfectly honest. I mean, it, everything was uh, was feeling quite positive from from round one at Simmons Plains. It, it seemed like the... The, uh, the the crowd was all drawn to the fence to, to kind of watch us roll out. Uh, the roof above the pit lane garages was chock a block with uh, with mainly competitors that were allowed in that zone over Simmons Plains to to sort of stand at the top and and, and watch and see what was going on. I think the the racing side of things is uh, is quite exciting. You know, I was just sort of especially in the last race, just at the back of the battle of the the Hearn, Seaton, Kelly kind of fight. And from my perspective, it looked unreal. It looked like it was great. I really wanted to just find that little bit extra to get amongst it. But uh, I suppose as to where it actually fits, I, I don't think we probably have an answer for that just yet. I think as this year gets a bit of a roll on and and kind of first year for Trans Am at, an, at a national level, get a few more races under its belt, it's going to, uh, I would imagine, um, you know, encourage other competitors to maybe see it as an option to uh, to get into and, and, and get out there and, that's only going to increase the level, you know, when you have uh, when you have guys like the experience of Owen Kelly and Marcus Ambrose involved and 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 all of that. If you get a few more people of the the same like, then you know the, the sky potentially could be the limit. We might be you know knocking on the door of maybe TCR and 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 TD maybe taking a step back to Trans Am as uh, as the year goes on. <laughs> they do look like a, a lot of fun to drive. I mean, they sound really good. I was uh, quite a few of the sessions standing on the pit wall watching. And the way they came around that last corner, squirming around, just trying to get traction down, um, they are exciting to watch. I mean, inside the car, that they must uh, be a bit of a handful to drive. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just quickly, only a few sessions. I mean, I was in all of them. You didn't, you didn't um, no? Just missed hey, a I had a, I had a bit going on, as you know. Okay. Um, yeah, 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 okay. I was trying, I was trying to learn how to do upshifts cleanly, so I get a bit more straight <laughs> yep. line and things like that. You know. Okay. No, fair enough. No, that's understood. Um, yeah, like they are a bit of a handful to drive, to be honest. Um, especially over the distance, you know, it seems like on a new tire, everything's good. You know, life's good there. They 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 seem to have a small window where they operate for their their optimum lap time. 
And then as the race goes on, I mean, we had a 26 lap race there on the on Australia Day. Um, so the tyre starts to go away, you start to lose rear grip, get a little bit of understeer. So it's a bit harder to, or trickier to manage. But, you know, a, a, again, I kind of look back at that race for myself, not really knowing what to expect, you know, even in, in practice and, and, uh, and, and testing there, I've probably done maybe 10 laps in a row uh, as such mm. on the same set of tyres. So that was a big learning curve there as well, just trying to manage the race so that you still had something to, to hang on with towards the end. Now, you managed to get yourself a podium at Simmons Plains in the feature race there uh, on Australia Day. So congratulations on that. But does that now lift your expectations for the rest of the year? I mean, going into Simmons, you'd hope to maybe be in the top 10 or you know be there or thereabouts. But now you're already in that front group. Um, do you suddenly want to go for the win? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, I, I guess now that, that that third won't be good enough at the at the next round, whenever that uh, or wherever that is, um, you're always there. I, I guess to to try and fight for the wins as such. We, we 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 hope that that comes sooner rather than later. Obviously, that's why we're that's why we're there. But you know, we've still got a lot to learn. I mean, I think potentially too having a a couple of uh, issues earlier on in the weekend potentially gave us some some better tire life for the for the Tuesday events as well. So. We'll sort of see, you know, hopefully get the next round, get through all the quality, get through all of all of race one and, and be on a on a level playing field with everybody. And hopefully our pace is still as good as what it was at uh, at Simmons. But um, yeah, I guess only time will tell there. But yeah, of course, especially through the middle part of the year, we're, we're looking to, to try and, um, yeah, give give the, the Hearns, the Seatons, the Kellys, if he returns a, a, bit, a bit more of a run for their money and see how we end up. Now, before we let you leave, Tim, we thank you for your time. But interesting to note that your engineer for the weekend was Lee Stimation. So uh, for our learned listeners uh, on the Parked Up podcast, they know Lee as the guy who's been uh, helping myself and Tony and yourself, Tim, uh, with some training and uh getting us off our backsides and keeping us nice and fit. But he also does uh, a bit of race car engineering as well, particularly on the weekends. And he was the one tuning your car up to uh, get the most out of the car and, uh, and yourself as well. So um, that's a, that's a nice little, little link. How does he, uh, we know how he goes making people lift weights. He's uh, made me do that a fair bit, but uh, how does he go on the tools? Yeah, uh, he, he was fantastic down there. I mean, he was uh, probably a little bit uh, nervous and anxious, I, I guess, leading into the weekend, not knowing a huge amount about Trans Am and and and, and what makes it tick. But um, yeah, he adapted fantastically well, and uh, and and even just logistically, just making sure we're on track at the right time, the car's ready to roll out at uh, at each uh, each point of the day when it when it needs to, as such. And he probably. Uh, was kept busier trying to wrangle me more than anything, watching what I eat. No, Tim, don't eat that. You know, it's no good for you or don't drink that, whatever it might be. But um, yeah, just uh, also too, just to try and help with getting me in the zone um, before I jump in the car uh, as, as such. And, and, you know, effectively try and as you do jump in there, you're, you're ready to go and, and give it a, the, uh, the best shot that you possibly can. But um, yeah, fingers crossed we can kind of keep Lee. He's a very wanted man uh, as mm. the year goes on. Uh, we like to try and keep him in that role if possible. And he was he was locked in for Phillip Island. Um, but now he's obviously got a little bit more free time on his uh, on his hands. But uh, yeah, he's been he's been good. I don't lift as many weights as what you boys do. I try and just stick to my mountain biking. So he does tear his hair out a little bit there. He's always, always prompting, um, come on to him, try and do these exercises. But I will one day leave, just be patient. 
<laughs> I heard that's how you actually got the drive in the Trans Am. You, because you spent a lot of time riding with Wally, and uh, Wally just wanted a riding buddy, so I decided to put you in the car. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much, it works out well. You know, we go riding together, and he just said, "Hey, look, I got this car. Let's let's uh, let's go yeah, racing." Go for- Go for a fang, mate. Go for um, a now, mate. <laughs> at Simmons, though, I, I just saw Lee. He the only thing that he was doing was cutting up um, tomato and <laughs> and making sandwiches for the boys. Is that is that what you had him doing? Hey, that's one of the most important things at, at a race event. You know, you've got to feed the crew. You've got to, you've got to feed the crew. But that's only because we had very limited time to come over and see you. You know, you, we yeah, came to you. Often. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. came to you. I mean, you know, did, did you forget where we were pitted or something? <laughs> I got lost. I you got, got lost, lost. Oh, on the okay. way back to the car park to pick up my blue Type R. Um, understood. <laughs> now, the the rumor has it that you left a yeah. very nice note for the people that you uh, hired a house from in Simmons. Is that right? Did yeah, you leave yeah, a nice little stayed, note? You stayed at Simmons Plains, like there's three <laughs> oh, no. houses there. No. Sorry, sorry, sorry. We stay a little bit out of Simmons Plains, but yeah, that, look, that's just the kind of person that I am, Tony. You know, like it's. Uh, it, it doesn't take too long to write a, write a nice little uh, little love letter, as uh, as you know. You know, um, chances are. I mean, should we tell the listeners the truth about the little the little note that was left? Or so I've got the note here. Uh, Lee actually took a photo and sent it to me. Thanks so much for letting us stay in this beautiful home. Absolutely love the blue hallway and the shower was divine. We will be back. Love Tim Brook. Kiss hug. Kiss hug. <laughs> Mate. The, the blue hallway was horrendous, <laughs> <laughs> so bad. And the shower, it actually did have good pressure, but you could barely shut the door. <laughs> right, the place was ready to fall down. It was. Do yeah, you just was, leave little was, notes like that well, every just, time? You know, you, you just got to be thankful. You know, at the end of the day, we could have been in a tent camping somewhere in the pouring rain. You know, we had a roof over our heads. We had hot water, you know, like, come on. Is that as good as it gets? That's as good as it gets, mate. It's as good as yeah. it gets. I don't you think know. I'll stay with you again. Oh, you're not going to stay with us again? <laughs> oh, that's a shame. That's I've got a point. Another... <laughs> Just for our listeners, I've got a funny feeling that uh, Tony D may have written this note. Is that correct? <laughs> Can I, you reckon, I Tony? cannot confirm that. I cannot confirm no, that. can't confirm or deny. I don't, I don't want to wreck the people that own the house. I don't want to wreck their uh, perception of, of Timmy Brook. <laughs> I think he's a great a bit of a ritual. Yeah, they do, obviously. I mean, writing something like that, why wouldn't they? But um, we might have to do this as a bit of a ritual. Maybe the next place we stay, we'll write a little little love note as well. Yeah. All right. There you have it. There we go. Well, thank you, Tim Brook, for coming on to the Parked Up podcast. We appreciate your time. We wish you all the best for the rest of the Trans Am series. And um, yeah, fingers crossed we can. Uh, get going racing again and uh, look forward to hearing what your uh, love letter for uh, the uh, your Airbnb at uh, Mount Panorama might be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, thanks, guys. Pleasure to be on here. Thank you very much for your time. Say so go to side for me, mate. Yeah, copy that. <laughs> so there we go. Oren Park's own Tim Brook. Great to have him on Tony D. And I guess there's probably... Just a little bit more to that story about your Airbnb at uh, Mar and Park Kettle's place. There's certainly a few stories that I can't say on air, Grant, but uh, great to have Tim on board today. Um, he's a fantastic driver. He works so hard in the background. He's always working with his partners and sponsors to raise the budget to go racing, and we all know how difficult that is. Um, he's a you know Toyota 86 champion. 
And to make that step up to Trans Am is a big step um, financially and also from a team's point of view as well. So he's got Wall Racing there helping him out. Um, but Tim's actually doing a lot of the work himself uh, on the car. So I don't know if that's a worry or not, but um, <laughs> certainly they wouldn't let me span of my own TCR car. Maybe they got a bit more uh, confidence in Brooksy because he's he's run his own 86 cars before. So I think now he's already got a podium in one of the events. He's going to be aiming to try and take a win very, very soon. Um, he's got some uh, he's got some tough competition though in, in Aaron Seaton and a few of those boys to overcome, but he's certainly right up there and uh, got there really quick. The Trans Am class was certainly one of the popular attractions at Simmons Plains, and you probably would have seen it yourself, Tony, with the amount of people who were not only talking about it, but they were drawn to the sidelines to watch these things. So um, for anyone who doesn't know much about the Trans Am class, uh, they are effectively like what the Gen 3 supercars will be, a very dumbed-down version, but in terms of the look of the cars it's mustangs it's chev camaros there's even some uh, dodge challenges in there as well real american muscle flavor they mm. sound awesome and they uh they, they wobble around the track mm. on those big hoosier tires so they're spectacular to watch they sound spectacular and yeah there's, there's just nothing to not like about it. oh brooks he absolutely loves it he has a massive smile on his face every time he jumps out of that thing, whether he's gone good or bad. You know, coming from a Toyota 86 to one of these big muscle cars, the thing feels like it's going at warp speed uh, every time he hops in it. So he absolutely loves it. And I think even uh, I was talking to Matt McKeldin at, at uh, Simmons Plains, and he said, if I die tomorrow, that is the best race car I've ever driven. <laughs> so there you go. That's, uh, that's a big endorsement from Matty McKeldin. I like it. Okay, cool. That is almost the Parked Up podcast episode number 45 in the can. Two great guests, Jess Yates and Timmy Brook. Who was your favourite? Well, definitely Jess Yates because she's much better looking than Tim Brook. <laughs> much better looking. Much better looking. <laughs> bloody hell. Ah, <laughs> oh, dear. No, it's good. Good. Another good episode. Thank you very much for listening oh, right in. Oh. Was it? Please. Was, please. I, I think oh, you'll... Was it? Well, I think you should leave it to the listeners to tell okay. us if it was a good episode or not. But well, let's see you know if they can, let's see if they let's see if we can get a few more subscribers. Let's see if yeah. we can get a, a bunch more subscribers from our leg, regular listeners. Now, we see the numbers that we get, and they don't correlate with the amount of subscribers we have. So let's let's see if they if they do really like it, then uh, come on, hit that subscribe button. You know, whether you're on your iTunes or your Spotify or uh, however you listen to the Parked Up podcast, uh, give us a subscribe. Make sure you get it delivered uh, directly onto your phone so you, you never miss an episode. We've been doing pretty well with the numbers though and, and some really good feedback as well. So, But if you do have any suggestions of how we can make the podcast better or you want to want us to talk to a particular guest, please get in touch via Facebook or give Grant a call because it'll probably be just our our dad's giving us a call, telling us who to uh, to interview next, um, or mums, you know. Yeah. Either way, uh, yeah, definitely get in contact because we're always up for an idea and uh, you know to do something new and interesting. I like it. There you go. All right, mate. I think that's it. I think that's we're it. done. Let's get out of it. Parked up, powered by race fields. We'll see you next week. See you, mate. Just in lockdown. Actually, I can't see you. Just just via Zoom. This is it. This is what we got. <laughs>